The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, hello, creeps. Um, where are the uh, rules? There's only one rule. Are you ready? Here it is. There are no rules. Go. Welcome to The Noise Report, a podcast about music, movies, books, and other random assorted pop culture. Hosted by the music guy, CJ Plain, coming at you live from the house of fuckery. Welcome. Now let's start a riot. Now let's get out there and melt some bases! I'm the music guy, CJ playing this is another episode of the noise report. Uh, you know what we do here, man? We laugh, we talk to cool and interesting people, we act goofy, and really just kind of conversate about anything and everything that comes up. And on this show, that can be pretty much uh, any topic that somebody hasn't nailed to the ground. Um, so this week. Uh, this one is, is kind of cool because it's different. I don't get to do... I don't want to say I don't get to do shows like this, but um, I don't get to conversate with people uh, on topics that aren't really music-related so much. And this is a gentleman um, who is going to bring a lot to the table that you normally haven't heard yet that I would like to get more into uh, topic-wise. Um this is Mr. Chris Fury. Uh, you will know him from uh, the What the Shit podcast, also Blurred's Eye View podcast, and uh, I will have him start with a small introduction of himself and his shows, and by explaining what Blurred is. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, hey, hello everybody. Uh, I'm Chris Fury. I'm a host and producer of Blurred's Eye View. We're part of Black Legacy Production and Entertainment. Uh, we talk about geeky topics that cover anything from comics, television, film, uh, video games, cosplay, all of that realm from a POC point of view. Uh, blurred is generally just a black nerd. Uh, it was a phrase that was coined uh, well over a decade ago now, and uh, it's kind of a big thing. You know, uh, we talk about a lot of anime, we talk about a lot of movies, we joke a lot. We have a lot of people who work in the field of geek, like cosplayers. Uh, we just recently had uh, BlurCon winner of 2021, TV on, and she's a fantastic seamstress, so I suggest you check her out. And it's almost like she's a new movie and stuff. But uh, we talk about all those type of topics. We just have fun. We uh, Some of our highest hit episodes were um, cartoons of the 80s and 90s, you know, covering those type of topics. Uh, we are dealing uh, with tomorrow, actually, as a matter of fact, we are dealing with and discussing with uh, David Oliver, who is a voice actor, actor, DJ, slash Jack of all trades. He just recently did uh, work with uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, 
So, yeah, we just talked to a lot of people who work in the field of geek and all of those fields, and we just have fun with it. Nice. We just have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, because I, I concentrate a lot on music out here. We do talk some movies, uh, some books. Um, but even though people, when they see me, I don't think they really see nerd so much as probably just big giant redneck. Um, <laughs> but I really am kind of a big nerd on certain things. Like I'm a huge music nerd. Um, mm-hmm. But I love horror films and I love cheesy B movies. And one of my best moments for me was I got to interview, um, I can't even remember his name now, uh, Mitch Cohen, uh, who is Toxic Avenger. And uh, him and Lloyd Kaufman uh, were on one of my original show when I started off early. And um, I completely locked into an interview with them. I wasn't even doing any kind of podcast stuff like this I was doing an actual internet radio show playing music and it just happened to the opportunity arose and I was like we're just going completely off the reservation so to speak with this one because you know like I'm not turning down an opportunity to speak to Lloyd Kaufman and the Toxic Avenger you're speaking speaking to trauma films right so um, so we had a blast with it um and uh, that really was one of my funnest moments because, you know, when you when you grow up with stuff like that, and even with the music stuff, I've said this before, it's very surreal interviewing people that when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, and you lay on your bed and you have your walls covered in posters of the things you love, and then 10 years, 20 years down the road, you get to interview them or meet them or whatever in a situation that's more than just yeah you can go to comic con and you can get a signed picture or you can you know meet them on the street or whatever but to sit and conversate like this um is really kind of next level and the technology blows my mind that we've gotten to the point where you know i know that i know that feeling um uh just last season because we're on our sixth season and we're getting, yeah. getting ready to close out the sixth season. Uh, but so just last season, we had Ted Lange on. And for some of your listeners who don't know who Ted Lange is, he's, well, as we found out, he's every man of Hollywood. You know, he started out as Isaac from the Love Well, he didn't start out as Isaac from the Love Boat, but right. he's been on numerous television shows from the 70s and the 80s and even in the 90s. Because, you know, he mm-hmm. helped write some of these shows. He's been on, like, Moesha. And yep. Produced, he's directed, he's done all these rumor things. And when I say that, me and, and my co host kind of left the show, like, yeah, we nailed that. You know? Yeah. He was a. <laughs> he, gave, he, gave, he gave us the, 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 the Isaac, the, the, <laughs> he gave us the Isaac vocal salute. He was like, yo, we feel good. We feel really good, you know? And I mean, it does. It, it makes you feel good. I mean, I think one of the things that helped started me was, uh, it was literally 2020. It was March of 2020, right? The pandemic was just hanging over our heads. Mm-hmm. And here in Cleveland, we had Wizard World Cleveland, which is no longer Wizard World now. It's called a, a Fan Expo, which is one of the first things this year. Mm-hmm. And I was 
doing something for the media school I was going to. I was attending on Ohio Media Schools. And uh, Bill Lamar was there, and uh, just a lot of other people, you know, were there. And I said, I need to see if I can score the interview with Bill Lamar. And I did. And then I spoke to Tim Speranko later that same that same weekend. And so I was just sitting there like, I, I can do this. You know, right. like, I just spoke to Phil Lamar, who has, you know, who I first was introduced to Phil Lamar on Mad TV. Right. And then seeing, you know, then he's one of the extra characters that was in Cold Fiction. And then he was the voice of Static Shock. Or Static, from Static Shock. And mm-hmm. the voice of Green Lantern. And he does all these amazing, amazing voices. He does Hermes from Futurama. Yep. The man's, he's the godsend, basically. And when I got those that interview with him and Jim Steranko, who pretty much worked with legendary people at Marvel and DC, yeah, you know, like when I say legendary, I mean family, yeah. You know, Jack Kirby. You know, he's he was the creation. He's one of the fathers of Indiana Jones. He helped create that look of Indiana Jones. So speaking those to those type of influences like really pushes me further you know like who's mm-hmm. next you know this is not I want to know you know right brains you want to pick you know of characters and of things that affect your childhood in one way yep. or another or have that influence on your childhood so yeah yeah that's what I'm talking about because I did an interview um Charlie Bonnet the third he's a, he's a country singer for the most part and I've been friends with Charlie for uh, many years, uh, even before all of this, going all the way back to New York City punk days, uh, playing in punk bands, uh, rival punk bands. And um, <laughs> when I finished the interview with Charlie, Charlie says, I got a surprise for you. And I was like, okay, what's that? He's like, I know you're an Exodus fan. And I was like, yeah, like Exodus is like my favorite thrash metal band. Zitro, the singer, is like my fucking hero. I had posters of them. <laughs> my whole vocal approach in both metal and punk is just completely all but stolen from the style that Zetro created, you know. Uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, his kids have a new band. And I was like, yeah, Hatriot. He goes, uh, you want to interview Steve? And I was like... Okay, I was like, how the hell are you going to make that happen? He's like, well, I'm the manager for Hatriot. And I was like, no, you're not. And he's like, yes, I am. And I was like, wait, like you're managing Cody's band. And he's like, yeah. He's like, give me a few minutes. I'll have Steve call you. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I thought he was fucking with me. I hung the phone up and I went into the kitchen and I started making spaghetti. The phone rings. I picked the phone up and I'm like, hello. He's like, hey, can I speak to CJ? And I was like, this is, and he's like, hey, this is Zitro. And my fucking just, I was just, I didn't even know what to say. Like, I was so spellstruck. Like, I was like, no, it's not. And he's like, and he starts singing. And I was like, holy shit. And we talked for almost three hours. Like, dude, we talked like we had known each other our entire lives. I've never met this dude. I was just complete fanboy. And it turns right. out, he's the same exact way. All of the bands he loves, 
He's the same way. Like the first time he met Kiss, the first time he met Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and all of these bands, oh, he idolized. There, there are people that I am really close friends with. Yeah. Uh, huge Kiss fans. Huge Kiss fans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. it, it doesn't matter whether it's music or movies or just whatever. This is such a surreal thing to be able to do. Um, and it, aside from being just fun, the the factor of stuff that you can learn about stuff that you don't know or stuff like that, you know, um, it's crazy. And there's so many topics, whether, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, whether you want to be a life coach, whether you want to learn about crypto, whether you're into geeky stuff, whether you're into cooking. Um, I mean, there's literally a podcast for everything. Right. And, it's cool, man. I mean, it's almost like having your own personal audio library, <laughs> in a way. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, you know, so. I think what we've always often said, and I've been on other shows, and I've had other people on mine, and one thing I've often said is, there's room at the table for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. It, you, know, there's no, you know, we don't, there, it doesn't have to be competition. Yes. This is not that age anymore, where you might have a different taste that's, that fits a, that fits somebody's flavor. It, it doesn't have to be it's this blurred podcast against yeah. this blurred podcast. Oh, well, this blurred podcast might talk about anime. Why this blurred podcast might talk about strictly comedy. It doesn't have to be a competition. This isn't like the days of yeah. late night television where it was David Letterman against uh, Johnny Carson. Right. You know? <laughs> it, those days are gone. Yeah, because... You guys were talking about it like Wednesday with with G and all that, and it, even going back to the music thing again. You know, one of the most frustrating things in radio uh, always was, uh, you know, get the exclusive, get the exclusive. Well, that doesn't help the band any. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're if if you have a upcoming musician or a musician who's coming up, um, who. You want the exclusive? Okay, great. But if you're kind of shielding that band, you're not helping them. You help them by saying, all right, hey, we had this really cool band on, and I got a friend over here, Planky, who has a completely different radio station. So I call Planky up, and I say, hey, I got this really cool band. You need to hear them. I think you'll love them. Planky plays them on that, and then somebody, Planky, hears another one. And, you know, it's this crab in a barrel mentality like you guys yeah, mentioned yeah. is is so frustrating in music because it's that way as a musician too like it's so cutthroat that people don't even realize that you think you're furthering your career by doing that but you're really not because no. you're doing it completely on your own by doing that when you could network and have other people supporting you, you know. They, they missed. That's the key word. Yeah. Network. You like, know. Okay. There's there's a there's a, a rap group out of North Carolina that I got into probably early 2003. Mm-hmm. And his little brother. And the reason why I got to hit to them is because love them. See, see, I'm glad you know them because the reason why I got tapped into them is I was listening to a lot of Night Wonder and that was their DJ. And they're their producer and stuff. And so I started listening to a lot of little brother. I'm like, yo, 
I like these guys. So it was it is years later, it's like two thousand and ten and I work at a hospital here in Cleveland. And I had just started working at this hospital and I was listening to I was listening to Little Brother on my uh, iPad, on my iPod and I was like, Man, who are you listening to? I told him little brother, he's like, Man, what you know about little brother? I said, Hold on, what you know about little yep. brother? So we got to talking about it. And he's like, yo, like, love the group, love them ever since. You know, <laughs> Fonte is like in my top ten lyricists at this point, you know, and he's yep. been he's been with one of my top five, Black Hawk from the roots. So, yep. you know, I've loved See I'm Yeah, like and see, that's another thing is people look at me, and again, they I don't think they realize that as the metalhead, as the punk guy, uh, my hip hop roots run a lot deeper than people realize. Um, so when I start talking about hip hop, I will automatically go to the people I love, and it's generally the people that people don't know. Like, number one. Uh, I, I'm a massive my number one of all time is KSR1 I love okay. KSR1 um, yeah, uh, Vinny Paz like is way up on my list uh, Donnie Darko from North Carolina which is how I know yes. Donnie Darko and, and Sutter Kane are way up on my list um, uh, Apathy and Diabolic are way up on my list um, yeah, yeah. so I like hip hop across the board but for me if you're not saying something you're really wasting my time like it doesn't have to be political but I want to hear something that's either outrageous like right now my favorite rapper right now is Nems I love Nems for the sole purpose of the fact that Nems is the most disrespectful fucking person I've ever met but it's funny. He is so New York. Like, when you think about New York hip-hop, Brooklyn oh. hip-hop, Nems is the epitome of that, man. Just the grimy, disrespectful, I don't the give a shit. That is, that is the absolute love of that genre. Yeah. Is anything coming out of NY, I love it. It just... Yeah. It makes me throw... It makes me throw it. NY is the reason why I consistently carry a bag. To this day, yeah. I always like, right now is the laptop bag that keeps everything in it. My wife, my wife been married almost 20 years. She's like, I've never seen it without a bag. <laughs> She's like, you like Batman. I'm like, bag's got to have something in it for me. <laughs> so, if it's not music, it's, it's always music. Kind of yeah. Something you know. to work on. You know, it was always something in that bag. Out of today's music, because I don't really listen too much to the radio anymore. Yeah, I do a lot of like title or uh, catch something online. Or yep. But I think uh, J Cole. I just like. I can I, respect I like that. His, I like his style. I like his style. I like what he's doing. Not to mention, I'm like my man just said, I want to play pro basketball and went and started playing pro basketball. You know, you're like, I don't have to. He, he literally like, I don't have to follow the formula. Yeah. That the industry has set. Yeah. It, it doesn't. I don't need to do that. See, and that's the thing. Like, I love, I love artists who push the envelope for whatever reason. I don't even have to like them. 
or I don't have to, uh, let me rephrase it. I don't have to be in love with them. Uh, a perfect example of that, I don't know if you know who Ghostmane is. Yeah. Um, Ghostmane is the perfect example of that. I don't listen to Ghostmane religiously, but I respect the hell out of Ghostmane because that dude has pushed every boundary of music known to man and the style that he has created and come up with, mixing the industrial with the southern with this and with that you can't listen to Ghostmane and not just be impressed in some kind of way and and then think this dude had a six digit salary job at NASA as a rocket engineer I mean he's a he's got a goddamn masters in physics and he said I'm going to quit my job and move to LA and be a rapper you know that is big ass balls of brass man like to just say it's, it's, you know it's the same the way McDuff was I believe or had a master in Multiple and movies. Runs with it. Yeah, multiple movies. And runs with that? Yeah. I see and he, did, he did what? Three of them, right? If I, yeah. He did. He did. He did Batman, uh, Cherry Moon, and Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Yeah. yeah. It might have been more. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it might have been Graffiti. I think Graffiti Bridge. Which one? It might have been. Uh, for, graffiti Bridge. The uh, sequel to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot so, about that he, one. So. He, Oh yeah. You know, and I, it just there wasn't nothing he couldn't do. And I'm just like, yo, you thought it was just this. I mean, the majority of songs that you hear, that you heard in the '80s and '90s, and it will be it will be complete artists that you wouldn't even think. Sinead O'Connor. Mm-hmm. It, it amazes me when people are just now discovering that he wrote "Nothing Compares to You." And then he was like, I didn't know you did. I was like, I knew you did. Yeah. 
Sheila E., Tina Marie, uh, Apollonia, uh, The Time. I mean, God, there's a dozen artists that whose entire career was, you know, for, for no other reason than Prince decided to make them famous. Um, yeah. You know, that era, though, we were, we were talking, I was, I was talking with, with DC about it, like, you know, about Huey Lewis and, and, and uh, Rick Springfield. You don't realize, there are artists like that that you don't realize how many damn songs you actually know by him until you sit down and really, like, it, it, it come about because I was listening to Huey Lewis in the news, and I, it was on Spotify, and I just kind of scrolled through, and I put on the greatest hits because I didn't want to go through the thing. And um, now I've listened to Huey Lewis most of my life, you know, but never really like. Okay, I intentionally put their music on to just listen to the record, you know, for the sake of listening. And listening to that damn greatest hits, it's a double CD that's got like twenty-seven songs on it. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself. Do I really know this many Huey Lewis songs? And yeah, I know that many Huey Lewis songs without actually ever listening to Huey Lewis. And it's like, Jesus, how the hell do I know so many Huey Lewis songs? And the same with Rick Springfield. You know, you think, oh, well, Rick Springfield is Jesse's girl. But when you, you know, there's all these other songs that have been in TV shows and in movies and different things. And, you know, it's crazy how even across, you know, economic background and racial backgrounds and in different backgrounds, no matter where you grew up or how you grew up, you know you these know songs or these shows, you know. Um, I, you know I, the, use, I, I take uh, Big James Duck, who right mm-hmm. now is yeah. completely That's a perfect example. And there hasn't been a time since Guardians of one that I haven't played the soundtrack of one and two back to back, nonstop. Never skipped the song and realized I know all of these damn songs. Yeah. <laughs> See now, now Peacemaker to me, being the rock guy, the the, the metal guy, the hair band guy, and f- having played in various bands and different things, his use of music in Peacemaker to me, absolutely brilliant. And what's brilliant about it is he could have took the easy road. He could have went with the standard 10 songs. Here I go again. You know, you give love a bad name, wanted dead or alive. You know, he could have went with those. Yeah, he could have went with the standard songs. No, he is picking bands that people like me, the geeks that have 1.5 million songs in their music collection, and you have John Cena over here going through records of Pretty Boy Floyd and Cinderella and and bands that you know. And when he pulled out the Choir Boys, okay, this is a band that they're a deep cut. They had one, maybe two famous songs during that period, but they're still around. They're still touring. People love them if you're a fan of the Choir Boys. But they never toured with Kiss. They never toured with Motley Crue or any of those bands. They never got the fame and fortune. Now, how they have managed to survive for 40 years and continue touring is, hey, great on them. Um, But 
the use of that music, the use of bands like the Dust Bowl Jokies, who are virtually unknown, is not only brilliant on his part, but it shows that he isn't just using the music for the sake of using it. He's a fan of that music. Because I'm telling you right now, you don't know the Dust Bowl Jokies if you are not a fan of the Dust Bowl Jokies. They are not a band that will come up by going to Google and typing in hair metal. They are not a band that has ever toured with anybody major. They're from fucking France, of all places. Okay? I'll guarantee you, nobody has ever intentionally gone to Google and searched for French hair metal. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I got my wife watching and I told her, I said, you know, James Gunn did this music. Yeah. How do you feel? I'm like, look at volume one and volume two of Gardens. I mm-hmm. can just imagine what volume three is going to be playing. Yeah. I'm like, these are selections that are done by him. It, 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 it's, you, can, you can pick his mark. You can pick it. Mm-hmm. You know, and even as I look back, uh, even with, with uh, I think it was Slither, Slither. You know, and listening to some of the music, I'm like, yeah, that's these are bands you've never heard of, but they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, and like watching Peacemaker, I'm like, I know this song, but I don't know yeah. this song, and now I need to want to. Now I want to know, yeah, who this band is. You know, who that band. See, and that's that's a huge rabbit hole, bro. Because <laughs> I'm I'm telling you right now. I have a folder on my computer of just that kind of music that's probably 150,000 songs plus. I mean, it's probably minimum of probably 10,000 CDs. So, you know, just that folder alone, you know, I I could have you listening to music for the rest of your life and you'd never get through even a tenth of it. Um, but I'm a big fan. We're big fans of Supernatural. Yeah, that's another one that that Dean would listen to. Music can make or break a show. It really can, man. Like, you know, in it, it makes it makes all the difference. Yeah, think about think about the great movies, even some of the cheesy B movies from growing up. Fast Times at Ridgemont High had amazing music. Pretty in Pink had amazing music. Uh, Breakfast Club had amazing music. Even the silly, dumb movies, like my favorite movie of all time. This is going to be so uh, out of right field, but my favorite movie of all time is the movie Iron Eagle. I don't know what it is about that movie. I I like Lou Gossett Jr., but there's just something about that movie, the bombasticness of it, the completely outrageous idea that this 16-year-old kid could steal a fighter plane and fly to a country to save his dad. But the music in that movie, I listen to that soundtrack at least once a week. I watch the movie probably three times a year. And it really... There are music, there are are literal soundtracks that are like... Yeah. These movies are are playing soundtracks of our lives. Yeah. And so you're just like, you know, some of what they got might be a little, eh. But yeah, I can go back and I can play 
something from 1985. Mm-hmm. You know, and it'll make me think about everything I did yep. that year. Where were you when this came out? Where exactly? You know, where were you when this came out? What were you? What was your life like when this time around this time? What does it remind you of? First love, first breakup, the whole nine. First yep. job, whatever, whatever you did, middle school, high school, elementary, all, all of it. And that's what I love about these types of music. Is it's it's not just they try to pigeonhole it. They really mm-hmm. do, but it's not. It's so widespread I tell a funny I always tell this funny story uh, when I got put in foster care um, one of my last foster homes uh, they put me on the north side of Flint um, now I was the only white kid in this neighborhood why they decided to put the cornbread white boy that grew up on a 400 acre farm uh, in a foster home uh, with a Mexican family on the north side of Flint, which is 97% African-American probably, and then said, hey, there's two high schools. You're kind of in the middle of them. You can go to Flint Northwestern, uh, which is the most probably most dangerous, or at that time, most dangerous high school uh, in the country. Um, Andre Risen, Glenn Rice, uh, just a few of the famous people that have come from there. Uh, then you had Flint Beecher. Uh, Flint Beecher produced uh, Dayton Family and uh, MC Breed and uh, that kind of thing. So, which one do you want to go to? Well, which one is closer to the house? Why does that matter? Because I'm white and I'm going to get my fucking ass kicked one way or another. So I want to know which one is closer to run to. (laughs) Um, And they're kind of looking at me like, are you crazy? And I'm like, no, I'm pretty logical. Like, look, I'm the only white kid here, okay? Like, I'm not expecting a goddamn grand parade of being welcomed into the neighborhood, okay? Um, but the one thing that, one memory that sticks out to me is that was right around the time that It Takes Two came out. And I could literally walk to school and a car would pass me and be playing it, then I'd walk a few feet and I'd hear it in a house, or walk a few feet hear it in another house, and it literally would just, almost on a loop, would play from my house to school and home you would just hear that over and over and over, because everybody was playing that song at that time right. and it went on for so long that, I wasn't even a hip hop fan at that time, like I really hadn't gotten into hip hop yet and it's the one hip hop song that I probably know from memory because I heard that song so many freaking times. Um, that's just what I love about just music in general. Yeah. Goofy. <laughs> it, surprises, it, 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 it surprises me because uh, my stepdaughter is a little girl. And. I don't know how she stumbled across me, but she stumbled, she stumbled across Freddie Mercury. Nice. And I'm walking through the house, and she's greatest like, singer of all I'm time. Like, I'm like, how did you know Queen? She's like, how did you know Queen? I'm like, hold on, and I just did a line, and she finished the line, and my wife was looking at it, just like, what the fuck with you two? <laughs> so yeah. I love that it really does, even now, because yeah. she's like 12, she's 12 now, and nice. It really does. Music just really brings people together. Like it, 
ridiculous. Michael Jackson was on something. Uh, <laughs> he was. It was. It was music that you just never expect. Yeah. And it and it affects you in a way that you're just like, yeah, it really is that simple, isn't it? You know? And you, and you never know. Like truthfully, like I, it's funny when I say to people, "Who's your favorite rapper?" And I say KSR one, and people look at me and they're like, "Wait, but you're kind of like," and, and they're like, "You're you're politi- your politics," and I was like, "What about them?" And they're like, "Well, you're like conservative libertarian mostly," and I'm like, "Okay." Why do you like KSR one when his message is? I don't have to agree with the man. You can listen to his skill set. It isn't about politics. It's you listen to the skill set, the wordplay, the overall skill. How can you not love KSR one? Like the guy's damn near sixty years old, and he's still out here. Just, just completely on. obliterating. <laughs> you know? He was, he was just on, because we had uh, AD Empire on. Yeah. And he's on, he's, it's the first song on the And that, album, and to me, on. when I learned about them and I interviewed them because of you guys, mm. and without ever hearing that record, I knew I was going to like that record. Based... By looking up the record and seeing that he was on track number one, I was like, okay, I'm going to like this record. Yeah. How do you know? And they're, and they're like, I think they're like their top played. I think it's like yeah. number 10 in their top played over yeah. here up, up in that you area. Know. I'm like, yo. Yeah. And then I, I texted him and I said, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you add in, you know, you add in all the other amazing, John Connor. I, I yeah, John spent Connor. time with John being up around Flint. Um, what saved my life probably being in Flint is I ended up being really good friends with Ira Dorsey from Dayton family. Um, so I was kind of known as Ira's pet um, a little bit. Ira's, you know, people would, I would hear remarks like, oh, don't mess with him. That's Ira's boy. <laughs> and people, well, aren't you offended by that? Keeps my ass from getting killed, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, look, <laughs> you know, you know, like, look, I, just, <laughs> I have no, I have no disillusions about who I am and where I'm at. Like, I walked on eggshells, okay? Like, look, it was 1987. I seen shootouts. I seen some of the craziest shit in Flint, like, Okay, like it shit that you can't even put into words. The first time I ever went to McDonald's, when I got to that foster home, I said to my foster mom, I'm hungry. Is there a McDonald's around or a Burger King, anything? Well, there's a McDonald's up the street. Okay, great. I said, Where is it? She goes, Go out. And she's like, Just go down towards the high school. And she's like, It'll be Kitty Corner from the high school. I said, okay, great. Walked down there, walked into McDonald's. McDonald's has bulletproof glass. And has the little turnstile things like the liquor store. Now, I walked in and I stopped and I just looked and was like, the fuck is going on with this shit? And uh, old black guy (laughs) sitting at the table, he's like, they get robbed a lot if you're wondering about the glass. And I'm like, bro, like, 
you know what? I'm not hungry anymore. I went back home and my father was like, oh, you didn't get anything to eat. It's like, motherfuckers got bulletproof glass down there. She's like, oh, that happened about eight months ago. Uh, they ran in at noon with MAC-10s and robbed the joint. All right, look, you have to put my allowance aside now. That way, when I want some food, I can take a goddamn cab downtown to McDonald's or something, man. Because I'm not trying to get killed getting a damn cheeseburger, man. Like, this shit is crazy. And then I called my social worker, and I'm like, the fuck kind of place you put me in, man? Like, well, it was the only available foster home. All right, look, uh. Why don't you just buy my ass a tent and let me camp out under a bridge somewhere, okay? Because, you know, like, this shit is crazy. Um, like, it's not even the house itself. It's just yeah, like, well, it ended up being the house because the woman got snotty with me one day because something, I don't remember what happened, but she locked me out of the house. Now, all my music that I had, I had this gym bag I carried around that had all my music in it. And she's like, well, you have to sit on the porch until your social worker comes, until Kendra comes. And I'm like, all right, let me get my bag so I can listen to my music. She slammed the door in my face, and I was like, let me in to get my music. You're not coming back in. And I was like, look, we can go about this one of two ways. You can let me walk in, or I will take this door off its hinges, and I will still come in. You're not tough enough. proved her wrong on that because I took that door clean off its damn hinges she called the police the police showed up door was sitting in the living room on the floor I'm sitting on the porch listening to music and the police was like what the hell did you do and I was like I kicked the door off the hinges why I was like I explained it to him and the cops like okay Kendra showed up around that time she flipped out because she locked me out of the house which is completely against the law to do to a foster child <laughs> you know <laughs> and the mom she's in there freaking out because I kicked this metal door completely off its hinges and I'm like don't uh, I am not good at a lot of things in life breaking shit is one thing that I'm very very good at don't ever tell me I can't break something. I, see, I'm kind of the same way because I'm an Aries. And I, exactly. Then you get it. You yeah, get apparently it. Apparently, I have this thing where I, I almost dare people to say I can't do something. And I'm just like, bitch, please. Uh, <laughs> I, watch this. I am an I'm, April 20th uh, baby, so. Um, oh, yeah, we're April 14th. So we ride, we ride yeah. around the corner with each other. See, and I get I, I get shit about that too because I've never touched weed in my life, but I'm born on 420. So everyone just assumes that I'm this giant stoner because you know, like, like how could you be born on 420 and never touch weed? And I'm like, just never have. Like, I've been around it my whole life, and everyone around me smokes it, but I just don't. Like, I don't need it and whatever. But um, I want to get into some stuff with you, man. Okay. I have a thing over here. Uh, this is a, a kind of a goofy thing I created. Uh, it is called the Music God's Random Questions of Insanity. And um, we are basically going to turn this into a card game at some point. And um, 
I'm gonna hit y'all up because I kind of, I think this is something that maybe we could work together on and and uh, make some money off. And um, you get you you guys got a lot of knowledge about stuff that I want included on this that maybe I don't. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna scroll down off of the main questions and. I have 25 questions uh, for an ex- for a pack that goes with it called Superheroes for All. Okay. Uh, these are all basically comic book superhero-ish related. Uh, so give me a number 1 through 25. Well. 12. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said well. Sorry. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Number 12, what is your favorite portrayal of a superhero in a movie? It is a a three-way. It's between Wesley Snipes' play. Yes. See, mine would be a tie between Blade and Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool. Um, the the Deadpool movies, not the X Men version of Deadpool. Um, yeah, um, if they could ever make it happen, and I, I don't know if it's even feasible because one, it would probably be so freaking expensive, and two. I've run this through my head for 20 years. I have no idea who would even play the character. Um, I want to see a Deadpool-style version of Lobo. I'm a massive fan of the Lobo comics, and I just can't think of a good person. See, but that's the thing. Like, You think The Rock and Jason Momoa. But they're they're in so much already that you kind of have to take them off the board, you know. Right. Um, because with Lobo, obviously, you got to have somebody who's has funny. Look. Yeah. Has to look. Two that is mean and has the ability to be menacing. You know, you can't just be okay. They're funny and they can fight. No, they have to be menacing. It has to be somebody who has yeah. that just that feral look in their eye. Yeah. To literally scare the shit out of you, um, just by being in the, in the vicinity. Now, of the ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I would have said the guy who plays Boba Fett. Now, um, oh yeah, more because more, more. he was in a movie, uh, a New Zealand movie called Once Were Warriors, and oh, it was one of the most violent portrayals of a character I've ever seen. Um, and when I seen that movie, I thought, that's Lobo. Um, but obviously, now the fact that he's 63 years old, <laughs> you know, not really going to be as menacing. Um, yeah, like, 
Um, a lot of the MCU characters are now, and I'm they, they're kind of leaning that way, which is kind of dumb. But they, a lot of the actors they're getting, they're, they're yeah, on up, yeah, yeah. Like I would, I would love to see Lobo, um, but again, with everything involved with it, obviously, you know, you're going to have to use a lot of the Men in Black style effects and. Cost wise, it's going to be crazy, and um, yeah, Warner Brothers isn't really known for putting out the money to put out. Quality. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, Lobo is actually DC. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Warner Brothers runs the DC film. Oh, do they? Universe. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So. Which is why we got the god awful Jaskis I'm just going to randomly throw some of these at. This is a category called Pick One. I'm going to give you two choices, and you just get to pick one of the two choices. Um, okay. So, Bob Marley or Jimi Hendrix? Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Donkey Kong or Super Mario? Super Mario. Um, um Good times or family matters? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go good times. I'll go good times because after a while, family matters went from being serious to being really cool. So I'll go, I'll go good times. Um, last one. I'm going to hit you hard with this one. Michael Jackson or Prince? put it this way. Michael was a genius in what he did, in every aspect. But Prince was more so than just a a, a musician or a performer or a singer. You know, he was the producer, the musician, the songwriter, the um, businessman. I mean, there were so many facets to Prince that just... Yeah. And Chris Rock was the performer. Never in the history of Saturday Night Live had you had a musical guest perform their entire two sets up front. Yeah. Everything else took a back seat. Yeah. And it was up front. They got it in like, when you would normally get the musical, you would get the skits, the skits, the skits, the musical guest, the skits, 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 the musical guest. 
No, they changed their entire formula. It was Prince. You changed that formula up. Yeah, you did what you Prince wanted. wanted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is from a section um, called Who Wins in a Fight? I'm going to throw two random names at you. Can you tell me who wins in a no rules, anything goes street fight? Okay. Um, so the first one, uh, Screech or Urkel? Urkel. Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> um, Punisher or Deathstroke? Oh, I just want to see that. Um, <laughs> I was, I know that's I a bloody one. See that. no, I, I, I want to see that, but I think I have to say Deathstroke by a mark, by not a large margin either, because Frank is, is very much. I don't want to say unstoppable because he has no powers. It's just Frank just doesn't know when he quit, and he has no quit in his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd have to say Deathstroke by a slight march. It was like to the point where he's like, "This guy is annoying. He won't stay down." So yeah, I'd say Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Um, let me go up the list here. Here's one for you. Deadpool or Lobo? <laughs> That's another one I want to see. <laughs> I'm, wondering, I'm, I'm trying to think of David. No, they didn't do that way. That was Lobo. got the regeneration. Yeah, you know, they, they both have a level of it, but I think I would just Deadpool will just aggravate the shit out of Lobo after a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> that 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 was um let me see. Um what else do we have here? Um I'm not gonna get into that one because that's a little too in depth. Um, multiple cho- th- these ones are just kind of random um, okay. pineapple and pizza yes or no <laughs> no no <laughs> um, um, I don't care how good it is I've had it before but it's not my go to <laughs> um, tortillas corn or flour Um, what else we got? Um, mm, Oreos. Eat the middle first or eat the whole cookie? So, um, that is just a, a, a small, 
<laughs> version of um I I've probably got about six hundred questions of different it's, it's very it's very similar to my co host Candy B when she does her show. She always asks, she opens it up with uh, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Nice. Like, and it depends on your answer. You know, and me, me and her are like team rap all day. You know, we love Mikey and I'll I'll end with this question because I ask I pretty much ask this one to everybody. So this is a option A or option B, essentially. Okay. Um would you rather every movie you watch in the future has the lead role played by Gilbert Godfrey? Or every song you listen to in the future is now performed by Cardi B. That's what makes it so great. Because people like, well, you know, they think about it, it's like, God, I hate Cardi B. And I'm like, okay, now picture Gilbert Godfrey as the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, picture Gilbert Godfrey as Forrest Gump. Picture Gilbert Godfrey as Deadpool. Picture Gilbert Godfrey as Top Gun. Picture Gilbert Godfrey as um you know (laughs) yeah like there's there's so many of them you know and it's it's funny as hell to think about but probably not anything you ever really want to see you know because not 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 that the thought of hearing cardi b perform eye of the tiger or jesse's girl was any more appealing but Slight margin. So, tell everyone where do they find you, man? Where do they find your podcast? Where do they find uh, pretty much all the stuff that you do? Because I know you guys are working so hard yeah. to, <laughs> you know, different avenues of <laughs> different things other than just the podcasting, man. But to uh, well, branch out. Find me and the crew, Blur's Eye View. You can find myself, Chris Fury, uh, DC, and Candy B every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, which I'm getting Facebook situated because you're restricted in the bastards. But normally we're on Facebook Live, uh, Twitch, and YouTube. You just follow our link. Uh, you can catch us on, you can catch me mostly on IG, on the Blur's Eye View IG page, which is all one word, all lowercase. Also, you can catch me on personal IG, Chris.Fury1. On that page, I do a lot of memes, and I'm getting ready to start doing a lot more reviews on that page. Yeah. Uh, Blurs I view kind of gives you all the news. I uh, get a lot of other stuff on it, so because I run both of those pages. But uh, if you just check the link in the bio, it takes you to the YouTube page, it takes you to the Facebook page, it takes you to uh, the website, which is being constructed right now. Um, 
and we're on Captivate.fm, we're on iHeartRadio now, so, yeah, uh, Tuesdays, 8.30, uh, we have three more episodes, I think our last episode is on the 15th of February, yeah, and then we'll go into, the, we'll take a week off, we'll be back on March 1st, first. but, uh, yeah, you can catch us doing all this goofy stuff, I do Motivational Mondays with Chris Fury on TikTok, so you can follow me there, Chris Fury 1. Um, I'll probably be doing more reviews, so it'll be another show. <laughs> nice. I, we're we're busy. We are. We stay. We stay locked. We stay locked, stocked, and barreled up. You know, and uh, yeah. I love every minute of it. You know, so yeah. If I'm not podcasting, I'm watching one of the various shows and or movies, or doing a review or reading comics. I have a backlog of comics that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, I do a little bit every day. Like you, you see the background, like it's, it's a little dark blue, but it's a little bit of everything back there. I don't have my backdrop up right now, but yeah, all uh, my all my junk is like kind of like right to well, just <laughs> over my shoulder. Um, right. But see, I've got, I've got a mismatch of stuff. Like I got my you know Funkos up here, and I've got like truck driving stuff over here and I've got skulls over here and hot wheels and model kits that I put together and various coffee cups and um yeah, 90% of my setup because I'm such a huge black Panther fan and I, and I have been nice. well, I'm 45 I've been a fan since I was 12 um so the majority of what's behind me is black Panther but majority of everything is Black Panther except when you start going to the other side of this right. adventure stuff. But yeah, I uh we're we're just pushing through, man. We're pushing through we you know, we're on what the shit and we're going straight into season five. Yeah. So well, I'll be uh, I'll be on there in a few weeks, so we'll Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to cut up more. Up um uh, yeah but every Tuesday, eight thirty PM Eastern catch us Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. The Twitch channel is Blur Zappy One. So go go over there, check us out, subscribe to that. Uh, YouTube is Blur Zappy. That's how it's spelled. Uh, not a one word, it's two words. Um, you'll see a lot more videos. It's a lot of videos but now, about seven videos. Though, so, uh, but you'll see a lot more videos, like review videos and everything else that will probably be pre-recorded. And uh, yeah, you'll you'll be seeing a lot of. The, the the team lead of Blur's Eye, Chris Fury, doing a lot more of the stuff too. So nice. See, I'm t- I'm trying to teach myself how to like. I'm trying to teach myself how to like do video stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I have a channel that's set up on YouTube for reaction videos. It doesn't actually have anything on it because I don't actually know how to like do like screen and screen and editing and oh, yeah. all that yeah. kind of junk. Um, so I'm tinkering with it, and once I actually get the gist of it, then I'll take off with it um, and actually put my musical knowledge to use. Um, yeah. Because it's frustrating to me. Like I love reaction videos, but it's frustrating to me because I watch them, and I'm kind of like frustrated because people don't know everything that I know. You know, they're like, first time watching Chris Webby. And I'm like, are you serious? Webby's been around for like 15 freaking years. Like, how are you just now getting into Webby? Like, uh, you know, there, there was videos that I've seen. Um, 
it was it was a bunch of little kids and they were showing I think they were showing them stuff from like the eighties and nineties. Yeah, I know who you the two brothers. Yeah, and I was just like, Oh my god, this is bad. And I'm still on the fence. I'm still on the fence about them because some of it I can believe they haven't heard. But at the same time, I'm like, when they did like California Love, it was the first time ever hearing California Love. And I was like, hold up. Have you never watched a movie, a TV show? How are you black? It's been in various things. That's what I'm saying. Like, how did you grow up? As a black male, and you've never heard California Love, okay? Because I grew up in one of the whitest-ass, racist families the state of Michigan has ever produced. And I heard that song before I ever hit. That was one of the first hip-hop songs I ever heard, you know? Like, like, I don't know, but um, it's all all in fun, man, so. It's a suspension of disbelief, so it's kind of like, yeah, you can't be that far off. I can see if you were like three. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's it's all in good fun, and um, this is Mr. Chris Fury. Check him out on all other places um, that he told you to check him out. And uh, like I said, here in a few weeks, I will be over on uh, a WTS podcast, and we're going to cut up and be goofy. And um, I'm going to invite this gentleman back for the ish list because uh, that is uh, something I think he would be perfect for. And I got some topics that I think would be right up his alley. <laughs> Um, some some t- some top ten list ideas that I think are. Um, I've been looking for someone to do a top ten list with uh, for uh, black comedies or black TV series. Yeah. Um, and and I'm off of that. I was I thought you were going to say like straight out comedies. Well, we, I mean, we can do just straight out comedies, but I want to, to, there's a reason I want to do both of these lists. One, everybody loves movies like Friday and Soul Plane and stuff like that. And there's so many of them that it begs to have a a list. Um, But in the grand scheme of doing the top 10 black comedy series, TV series. Um, obviously, Sanford and Son, Jefferson's, Cosby's all come to mind immediately. Now, right, where do you go with the other seven? Because there are, yeah, there are so many great series that were either less than one season or should have been longer. Uh, but, uh, for example, I absolutely love Thea Vidal. And yes. the Thea show should have been a long-running show. Um, you had Thea, you had Brandy, you had so many great. Um, Ted Lang was part of writing that show. Um, and I've got to meet Thea. I will tell you, I've said this before, Thea is one of the most wonderful women you ever meet. Absolutely fall down funny. Every bit is funny. And... Uh, um, knock your head off your shoulders uh, defiant as <laughs> she portrays if you cross her um, but yeah, just an, for some reason I, I love those type of women because yeah. they don't take any shit <laughs> yeah. I I saw Thea in a comedy show opening for John Panette 
uh, they were touring together. Uh, both of them, I was a fan of both. Uh, I went to see John Panette not knowing that Thea was opening the shows. So when I got there and discovered that Thea was opening, it was kind of like jackpot bonus. Um, I didn't even pay for Thea. I paid for John, got Thea. Um, they ended up after the show standing by the door and greeting every single person as they left, just thanking them. And to me, that was so crazy because who does that? Like, I mean, it was almost kind of like after church when the preacher greets you at the door to leave. Um, so as I'm leaving, I said to my friend, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to invite John, uh, to dinner. There was the next day, uh, we were in little rock and they were having the, uh, world barbecue championship just down the road from the comedy club. John Panette show me the buffet. I'm going to invite him. So I said to John, I said, Hey, I said, I know you probably can't because of everything going on and whatnot. I said, but there's a big, you know, there's a big thing going on tomorrow and I'd like to invite you to it. And he's like, well, what is it? I said, it's the world barbecue championship. And he looks at me and he goes, get in the car. <laughs> and I was like, what's well, not till tomorrow. And he was like, pick me up in the morning. And I was like, okay. I was like, what time? And he's like, 8 a.m. And I was like, well, it doesn't start till 10. And he's like, good. He's like, then we have time for breakfast first. And I was like, great. So I get to the hotel. I go into to the lobby to the desk. And I say, I'm here to pick up John Panette. John is already in the lobby waiting. And I was like, okay. Um, I was like, are you ready to go? And he's like, one minute. He's like, Thea's coming with us. And at that point, I was like, oh, shit. And he's like, is that a problem? I'm like, no, not a problem. I just wasn't prepared to have to deal with both of you at the same time for the entire day. Like, I'm not mentally prepared to be insulted from both sides, you know. Um, it's, but it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, so we went to this, and we had a blast. And we la- I've never laughed so hard in my life. Um I felt like somebody beat me with a bag of hammers the next day because I laughed so hard. Um, and Thea is so wonderful. Like I said, I love Thea to death. Um, you know, like, I always make the joke, if there was a perfect woman for me to marry, it would be Thea Vidal. Like, Thea, you know, because she's just, everything about her personality, um, you know, I, I I just love Thea. So, uh, with that thought, I'm going to shut the hell up. Uh, this is the noise report um, of the music god. This is Chris Fury, and uh, we will see you soon. <laughs>